In this episode, we're talking to Chrissy Bellinger for the Inspired Little Pot about her business journey, the fork in the road moment, and what that looks like for her today. Hey, we're Amanda and Kingsley, and welcome to the Heart Driven Hustle podcast. If you're sick of watching from the sidelines as others achieve their business dreams, we're here to demystify the entrepreneurial journey cut through the clutter and overcome the overwhelm so you can feel confident launching your own wellness side business. If you'd love to get hold of our side hustle quick start guide so you too can create your own passion project, head over to heartdrivenhustle.com forward slash hustle guide. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Heart Driven Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Amanda and Kingsley. Today, we're talking to Chrissy Ballinger from the Inspired Little Pot, who is an entrepreneur, an author, a mum, and a passionate advocate for healthy living. She is on a mission to spread the message about conscious consumerism and thriving health far and wide, and wants to help create change for our future generations. Previously, a phys ed and health teacher, Chrissy left her profession after having children and realizing her drive for school teaching was no longer there. She created the Inspire Little Pot as a way of being able to spend more time with her family whilst fulfilling her passion of health and education through her own business. Chrissy has published three books filled with her DIY recipes to date, with her fourth book about to hit stores. We can't wait to bring you this episode and hope you love it as much as we do. Hi, Chrissy. We're so excited to have you as our very first guest on the podcast here. So um, welcome. Hi, it's good to be here. Really good. Awesome. We've been following you for several years now, actually, and, and really starting to embrace so much more of that natural DIY lifestyle, thanks to yourself. And your books and recipes are something that's certainly in high rotation in our household. That's awesome to hear. I love that. Yeah, there's um, been many a times when we've made many Christmas presents from uh, all the different DIY products. Everyone's gotten bath bombs and stuff down at the local school. So yeah, there's many more people than just us that are thanking you. Yay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. The more we do it, the more normal it becomes. And then it's it's expected that we're going to take the time to make something for someone rather than just go and buy something that's going to end up, you know, discarded after usually quite a small period of time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can you can really feel that sort of love as well in there. It's it's so much nicer to receive something that is handmade rather than just store bought. So yeah, yeah it's really appreciated. Awesome. And it's often cheaper as well. So <laughs> you know, you can't get better than that. I know. Better and cheaper. I know. Yeah. Better for everyone. People, planet, just everything. I wish you could see my smile right now. I love when I see people <laughs> making their own stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, amazing. So Chrissy, I'd love for you to tell us a, a bit more about your business, the Inspire Little Pot. If you can um, tell us a bit about what it looks like for you today. Okay. So at the moment, it's changed a lot. I've gone through roller coasters of, you know, at times it's insanely intense and there's, I'm juggling, you know, lots of different things. And then other times I'm kind of just focusing on one. But at the moment, I just work from home. It hasn't always been like that with the business. I'm writing, I'm just finishing my next book, which I suppose essentially is my fourth, I'd say my fourth, yeah, but my fourth book. It's, it's hard because my first two sort of consolidated into my third book, which was a whole new book in itself. So we'll say the fourth book. And so my days really consist of, I have a, I actually have a stepper that stands at this tall desk and I will like 
go on my stepper for most of the day while I'm riding away. And yeah, and I think that majority of my time is spent talking to people over the screen, really responding to questions and creating content and, you know, getting the right Instagram photos so that I can inspire people to give that citrus spray a go. And yeah, so, but it, but that's very different to what I, I used to do. So, you know, not long ago I had a warehouse where I was selling um, pretty much all of the ingredients you need to make DIY and that was intense. I have no idea how I even did it for as long as I did it, but I'm quite happy with the pace that my business is at the moment and what it looks like. Yeah, great. So just talking about that, can you take us back to the the very beginning of the business? You know, you, you talked about you had the warehouse where you were selling the ingredients. Was that kind of before the books? We, so I've always been conscious of health. It's it's my thing. I love it. It, get, it literally excites me to talk about health and I could do it all day. And so I taught health and phys ed for, you know, close to a decade had my kids realize I couldn't teach anymore. I'm still passionate about health. And I think we nailed the whole food thing, you know, and I think that's for a lot of people, that's where the journey starts. For us, it's no, we don't have any, you know, ground shaking um, stories to tell. We don't have allergies. We don't have any of that stuff. We just try to eat well and whole foods and all the rest. So we'd nailed that. And I was like, hang on a minute. If we've got that down pat, what about all the stuff we're using on our bodies and in our homes and all of the rest? And I couldn't tell you what item it was I picked up where I had no idea what was in it. So it piqued my curiosity and I went, oh, gosh, you know, this doesn't look great. These ingredients aren't great. So I basically just made my own stuff. I went, oh, I'll do a bit of research and I'll create some washing powder or sunscreen. And then, you know, what do you do? This is back in 2014. And I was like, I don't know, I'll start a Facebook page because, you know, Instagram wasn't, I don't even know if it was a thing back then, but it certainly wasn't a thing for me. I actually don't think it was. I think Facebook was the place to go. Instagram, I don't think it was even born. But anyway. Yeah, definitely. It was certainly in its infancy if it was around at that point in time. Yes, that's right. And so no one was really, you know, I wish I had now because I think that that's where, you know, it would have boomed with being able to attract more people to be interested in this area. But anyway, started with Facebook and I was so excited to get 100 people follow me who were interested in this stuff and then... I just sort of, that sparked me because I was like, oh, there are people out there who are also interested in reducing their toxins. So then I made you know a few other things and a few other recipes and uh, eventually people were asking, so on a Facebook page, you can't share, you can't save files. It's not an easy way for people to find stuff unless they search through your wall. So I thought, I know, I'll, I'll start like a free um, WordPress sort of blog and I'll just... Mm-hmm copy all my recipes over there so I had somewhere to direct people to and that was great for a little while in the meantime the numbers were growing so I could see that people were interested in this and I found reason to pay for a better website where I could you know organize things I'm an, I'm an organizer if I'm nothing else I love order and organization and all of that so um pay for this website to be created and I had you know the recipe pages and and I was like, you know, this is where I, I kind of I have an idea and I go, right, I've done that now. And that's going really great. What else can I do? So I started, I realized, I don't know what came first, my idea to run talks around just my local area in Perth or the ingredients. I'm fairly certain I had I thought to get ingredients because I thought no one knew where to get stuff. So I was sourcing mm-hmm. it and they were like, but I want to make washing powder, but what? What is washing soda? Where do I get that from? Where can I get bicarb in bulk? And I went, 
I know, I'll just so up for a while I just told people and then I went, ah, oh, hang on a minute. What about if I was the person who supplied it to you? So mm-hmm. everything that I have in using my recipes, I could supply the ingredients. So it started off really small where I just had, I think I was ordering one bag or box of each ingredient, you know, the main ingredients for things like washing powder and dishwashing tablets. And then I, you know, I sort of had a shop added to the website. And and then I was so excited when I would, you know, get five orders was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So (laughs) I was like packing these orders from home in my study. And then I said to my husband, okay, this isn't working. We need bigger shelves in here and they're ugly. So let's get curtains to cover them. And I had the whole thing set up and I loved it. I just seriously thrived off it. And then it got to the point where I was like, wow, this is just too, too much at home. My garage was full because I was having to order more and more and more stuff. And in the meantime, I'm also writing recipes still. And people are saying, you know, if you just put your recipes in like a booklet, it'd be really great because, you know, then we, yeah. we could get them and I like to have things printed and it's so much prettier. And I went, okay, so, and I'm sort of telling two stories here, but they overlap. So, you know, yeah, I thought I'll find a, I'll find a designer, I'll find a photographer. And I basically had them sort of quote me on about a 15 to 20 page booklet and, you know, had my recipe. And then, and that grew to be the first book, which was the inspired little book. And that was 108 mm-hmm. pages. So it sort of grew to be this beautiful thing that I'll forever be proud of. Funny now when I look back at how far I've come, but anyway, that's where it started. And so then that particular book was launched and I was stoked to sell. I think my target, my overall target was to sell 300 copies. That's all I wanted to do because that would be amazing. And I think I sold that on the first day. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. No, that's so cool. <laughs> and so then, yeah, the second book, the gift book came, which, you know, if I could turn back time, I wouldn't market it as a gift book because I think it pigeonholes the recipes as only being giftable, whereas they are mm-hmm. everyday recipes. I just made them look like they could be gifted for Mother's Day or teacher's gifts and things like that. So that particular book, I think, sold um, a thousand copies on the first day. So in the six months in between, obviously the interest grew and more people found out about me. So that was really cool. I was like, awesome. You know, people want my books. And so I started getting more, more recipes, more ingredients in, hired two amazing people who are just lifelong friends now to work for me in my home. My garage was literally like six of those massive shelves that you get at Bunnings, like those big metal shelves. Ah, uh, yes, the ones. Yeah, yes. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what we were doing. We were we were shipping from, and I think I think I got to a point where I'd shipped like you know ten thousand orders or something ridiculous from my lounge room, and I went, okay, this really I need wow. to get out of the house because all I did was work. The kids came home and yeah. sorted them yeah. out, and then I'd go, oh, I'll just pack a few orders or you know, I'll unpack this stock or I'd have like these massive trucks coming up my suburban street, dropping pallets into my driveway. Like it just did, you know what I mean? It just became like unacceptable. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, that's when I decided to get a warehouse and hire a warehouse. And that was probably one of the most exciting days ever because it just felt so cool to have a work spark. I actually was going to work. I felt like when I told my friends I couldn't do coffee because I was working, I was for the first time for real working, even though I had been for so long. Yeah. It felt it's just like a different perception, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> going to work. And then did that for 12 months. And you know what happened? I think it just, this area has become, and I'm so pleased that so many people are into it. And then 
so many people have popped up selling ingredients and you can get them in bulk. Like, you know, I could only sell Epsom salt, for example, for um, $6 for half a kilo, but you could buy like three kilos at Aldi for $6. And I was like, well, what do I want? Do I want to continue? Because it was, it was booming. It was doing amazingly well. Do I want to scale up and compete with people like that? I'd never compete with Aldi. Like that's just not going to happen because of their buying power. Or would I just become just solely the source of inspiration for people? So I'll tell you, I decided to stop all of that. Unfortunately, the two people who worked for me no longer had a job, which broke my heart, but it just, I had to do what was right for me. And also I was just losing my mind because I was always stretched. I was always doing a million things. So I decided to just be the source of inspiration. So I, rather than sell my business, I rejected quite a few offers and said, no, no, because I just want a sheet, a page on my website where people can go and buy it in bulk themselves rather than continue to buy it in small sizes from whoever took the business over. You can now buy 20 kilos of citric acid and I'll tell you who my supplier is. I've vetted them. I think they're amazing. And then you're going to save a ton of money and waste and all of the rest. So that's where I am today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's amazing. In a really, really big (laughs) nutshell. There's so much gold that sort of come out of that. And I suppose I want to tease a few little more things out. If we go back to the the beginning when you talked about, you nailed the healthy eating side of things. Mm. And I know that's, like you said, that's where a lot of people do start. You mentioned that you didn't have a big story or there there weren't any major challenges as to why you sort of started down this path. And I think that's that's one of the, the reasons that people don't tend to necessarily take that first step. They look at what they're doing at the moment and they kind of think, well, what I've got is not that bad. I haven't got that big a reason to make any changes. So I, I love the fact that that wasn't the driving factor for you. But I think there's so many people out there that do come from that same background. Mm. And um, it's so inspiring to see that you've been able to go, okay, well, there's no real major reason to actually take that step, but why not? Let's do that. Yeah. And I think that that kind of like we're always, I'm always looking to improve stuff. Like I went and saw it and you, um, I like to see naturopaths and, and chiros. Mm. I like to kind of look at the, you know, I feel awesome day to day. I feel pretty awesome. But I was asked why am I here at, you know, I think it was a Cairo down in Fremantle. Anyway, she's, I heard amazing things and she's like, why are you here? I'm like, I don't know, because if I can be even better, why wouldn't I try? Like what if this is the thing that just takes me to the next? <laughs> Who knows? So I think with what I do, it's it's a good thing. I didn't, it, I didn't have a driving force that was attached to my heart that really – I think the reason it's become what it is is because I've really thrived off hearing that I'm helping other people, mm-hmm. knowing that we're just becoming better versions of ourselves in the meantime. But it's such an extrinsic um, reward factor for me because like, we're, we're doing it and we've always been doing it and whether or not I was sharing it, we would still be doing it. But knowing that people are having these moments where they go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I could do this. And yeah, every every day, people who don't have issues like me, they're the the hardest sometimes because like you said, there's no reason to change. (laughs) Why would I change? It's like, but let's consider a little bit more than that. Like let's look outside your little family dynamic and look at our impact on the environment or how you wearing perfume might affect, you know, the little girl down the road who has asthma or things like that. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool space to be in. Definitely. Yeah, it really is about that bigger mindset, isn't it? So I absolutely love that. Yeah. And the other thing that I just wanted to, to mention as well is you talked about starting to go down the path of all your ingredients and did you want to be a supplier of those or did you really want to have your focus um, around the recipes and, and start 
I suppose narrowing your niche and focusing on the book, I think that's a really important point that you made there. I mean, it is possible to do everything, but when you try to do everything, it doesn't necessarily mean that you do it well. So I think that's such a, a valid point that you have made. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, pleasure. Just to get businessy for a second, the the warehouse that you started up, I I would have thought like looking from outside in, if you had to set up some automation processes or even if you decided to, you know, there's warehouses that you can um, outsource the whole thing. So your supplies delivered directly to them. They, they, they pack and sticker everything it says you know come from the inspired little pot Mm -hmm. but like it's all outsourced did that ever cross your mind or did that even exist when you started it up Uh, or you know what I love that question it it genuinely gets me it rocks me a little bit because I think of what could have what I could have done I mean at the time I made my decisions based on I followed my heart I think down the path of I I will stretch myself too thin if I the, the the key reason would be that I like to have full control over all aspects and mm-hmm. to to scale like that and I, I definitely thought about it more than you would ever know like it, it popped into my head on a daily basis at one point in time and I was like what how much control like what are they going to use to to package how okay so I can sort that out what about the ingredients all right well I'll make sure I so I just I was so scared that I would lose that personal element where things just started scaling and then I was compromising on all these values and all these things that I was you know it was so important to me that was part of my business and then yeah so you know what I probably could have but the other thing I wanted to say is that when I started this business I had eleven thousand dollars that I was willing to put into it we invested six and my my dad invested five thousand dollars now eleven thousand dollars started business is nothing really so I only spent what I made. So this entire journey of mine and, you know, it got to the, I don't know whether you want to talk numbers or not, and I'm not afraid to say, but that last year that I operated, we the business turned over three quarters of a million dollars, which is a lot for three wow. people in a small warehouse in the north of Perth. And I just... I always only spent what I made. So if I didn't make, if I needed money to say run some sort of marketing thing or to do upgrades or build a new website and I'd be like, oh, where's my cash flow? I'm going to run a sale. And and I probably it's probably not the right way for everybody, but I loved knowing that everything wasn't, my mortgage, my house wasn't hanging on and depending on me making this business a success. So I was yeah. genuinely thriving because I felt like I was in control the whole time. So to scale massively I knew I was going to need a business loan which you know you look at what what's happened in the world such a short time later where would I be right now if I did that mm-hmm. I fully think that <laughs> we all have I'm quite spiritual as well and I do think we have your know, sp- spirit to guide us and tell us what to yeah. do and I listened to my heart and that's what sort of took me down this path whether or not that I mean pays off to find that I don't know I think it is because you know, I'm, I'm so excited about what Naturally Inspired, my most recent book has done, and it's going to be on shelves in Big W any day now. And I'm kicking all these goals and achieving these dreams that I don't know that I would have had within me to pursue if I was still trying to manage and then start maybe franchising or having warehouses. Originally, I wanted a warehouse in every single state in the country just to make it more accessible to people and shipping and, and reduce our footprint and all of the rest and yeah it kind of just got came to the point where I had to make a choice and I went I choose to just inspire 
which, you know, turnover is much less, but I have so much more. I feel better. I feel more balanced. I've got more time for the kids. I'm, I'm able to be creative, which is where my heart really wants to be and always has since I was a kid. So I hope that answered your question because it's definitely something that picks at me occasionally. Like, should I have? And better, I think I think I've made the right decision. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and I love the fact that you're inspiring people, and you chose your time, not necessarily over starting a big business. That it's a lot of risk as well. Yeah. So it's yeah, I, I love that answer. Yeah, and I yeah. suppose it really comes back to your your reason for why that you're doing this, yeah. and and looking at what your values are as well. Because as you said, you could have scaled, but it didn't necessarily align with where you wanted yeah. to be. So yeah. it sounds as though where you have ended up as a result of everything else that's going on in the world and the potential risks um, and where that would have left you sort of exposed, it sounds as though it has really been the the right step for you. So yeah, yeah I really I think that's so important that you <laughs> that you have actually sort of listened to your heart. And I think that our listeners can certainly take a lot away from that as well. So, Chrissy, were there any particular challenges or adversity that you encountered along the way? And, and how did you overcome them if you did encounter them? Yeah, look, from a practical point of view, just the logistics in general. I mean, I live in Perth and you would know if you can't ship anything <laughs> in any other part of Australia, it is like so expensive. So if from a business point of view and things even now when I ship one of my books because it weighs just over or well, it weighs 1.4 kilos it's it's sometimes it'll cost me $17 to ship a book that I only take 4.95 for shipping and I don't think people realize that when they're starting a business I do follow a few business pages on Facebook where people ask these questions and I don't think you know even customers when they question keeping people happy you know they question a sale I've just missed a sale and I don't think mm-hmm. they realize that I'm just a mum at home where you know my kids are my priority but I also need to feel satisfied in myself therefore I'm doing this and I'm not a multi-million dollar corporation where I say you know what that's fine you've got you know you missed a sale let me just send you three of these to make you happy or that I find to be still a little bit of a challenge Mm -hmm. but yeah shipping is, is huge sourcing for me in the early days making sure I was getting I mean I can only believe what people are telling me so having those conversations with suppliers making sure that you know, for example, the guy who supplied me beeswax, he's just the coolest guy. And whenever I'd get on the phone with him, it'd be a 45 minute conversation. He loved it. <laughs> he loved his bees and he's so passionate about them and that they're happy bees. And and I believe him, but I only know what he's told me. So I haven't gone to visit him. Logistically, I can't really get to New South Wales that easily with a husband who works away and two school age kids. But I think an issue I have come up many times in my business is copycats. And I think that anybody who is in business is going to have that, you know. And and one part of me thinks that's so flattering that someone would feel so inspired by me that they want to do exactly what I do. However, there is a a line I think that you can cross with how much you are inspired by someone and how much you do what they do. And I have an instance of a person who literally copies my recipes almost word for word and hopped into my discussion group on Facebook and private messaged people to say, do you know that I have recipes that are basically the same and I can get you ingredients that are cheaper? And just that kind of make, I, I try not to take it personally, but I'm a very sensitive person. So then I go, oh my God, what? I've worked so hard to get where I am and these people are copying me. But 
you know what, there, there's people out there who are, I suppose going to be dishonest and that's mm-hmm. the karma will come and bite them on the bottom, I reckon. That's yeah. <laughs> to take the high road each time. Personal balance is another one that I think mm-hmm. is a huge and, you know, you guys probably find it. anyone running a business these days, it's given that we're absolutely contactable 24-7 and I see those apps on my phone and all those little red notifications and sometimes I can feel really overwhelmed by that still because mm-hmm. I want to give everyone all of me but it's really hard to do and, and maintain that presence because, you know, uh, Facebook and Instagram algorithms, they like you to be there and to respond really quickly and to carry on conversation. But there's just one of me. It's very hard to do that. So, um, yeah, that's so true. Sorry, I did cover I a lot just then, but there, there's a lot. There's a lot of challenges. <laughs> but I think they're all, they're all so relatable. I mean, anyone who is either starting up a business is certainly going to encounter those. Like I said, it is it is completely relatable. And even to those people who aren't in business, the whole work-life balance thing oh. is such a challenge for so many people. Yeah. Um, like you say, we're constantly followed around by our, our phones <laughs> yeah. and we're almost trained that any little notification will instantly turn around and we must sort of seek that instant gratification from who could it be, what's it about, mm-hmm. or if it is business-based, like you say, it's the algorithm. It's making sure that we are responding to keep up our rating and keep yeah. appearing in people's feeds. Yeah. So when you are just a single little business who mm. is also trying to balance their family as well and give yourself to your business, your family, your partner, your friends, it does become quite challenging. So I think it's something that everyone is actually coming across. It's, it's it's really prevalent these days. Yeah, and but I think on that though, every so I'm such a doer. When things feel like an issue for me, or I need to tackle certain things, or there are challenges, I'm like, right, well, I'm proactive. How am I going to sort this out? And I think just being open to looking for ways to create some harmony, however that looks for you. Some people are okay with running around all day crazy. I like being busy, but I also like knowing that. I'm investing my time wisely and you know I've I've got amazing woman girl lady Carly she's an amazing friend of mine as well who mm-hmm. is there to help me and I've got her three days a week she she did stay on I got her on in the late days of the warehouse to help with the kind of kitchen you know, I was I was nailing that side I was like cool let's get the whole marketing and social media stuff really ramping up and so she was able to stay on because of my new business model and having someone there to help with emails and coordinating things you know when I was touring around the east coast doing my book talks last year and coordinating podcasts and all of that stuff has been invaluable so I've you know I get a cleaner every now and again when I just can't keep up it's it's kind of almost like <laughs> not admitting defeat but it's kind of using your time wisely where my time is worth more mm-hmm. than the $60 it might cost me to have my house clean so I'm just going to get that right. done so that's not stressing me out and then I can focus on whatever it is that really needs me to do so yeah I mean the whole idea of outsourcing and being able to to help with that work-life balance it's such a big thing these days and whether it is outsourcing to a cleaner or outsourcing to say a virtual assistant or someone who's going to look after your social media you're spot on there in terms of you need to put your time and efforts into where it's going to give you the best returns and asking for help is not a sign of weakness or anything it's just a smart way of doing things yeah how did you know it was time to hire someone? Was it once you were run off your feet and you couldn't keep up anymore? Or Yeah, pretty much. So in the days where I had Janetta and Karen working for me at my house, it was really 
I, I can't keep, it's just too busy. And there's all these things I want to do and I don't have time. So, and I saw, you know, people close to me who I knew were either interested or looking for work. And that turned out to be amazing with, with Carly, it really just, like I said, came down to the point where I thought I could use my time better than answering the, I would get heart palpitations when I'd see how many emails in my inbox, keeping in mind, I was, so many orders were coming through every month that inevitably there'd be an issue with postage, a lost parcel, a leaking aloe vera gel. Like there was always something to deal with. And yeah, yeah, I was sitting behind my computer so much doing stuff that I thought, okay, same with the cleaning. Someone else can do this. Like it doesn't need to be me. So if I get on an Instagram live, you expect to see me, but answering Mm -hmm. an email about a leaking gel is anyone can do that. So that's where I went, okay, I need someone else to help me with that because then it frees me up to be more creative. And it kind of just evolves before you know it, you go, oh, okay. So now how about Carly, could you help jump in my Facebook page and respond to a few of those questions that you know the answer to so these people get a response. And then it's kind of just continues to grow the responsibility I think that I I pass on because I realize my time is more valuable elsewhere, like writing books, for example. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Putting energy where you can improve. That's fantastic. So what does the next chapter look like for you now? Well, I'm writing a kid's book. So, and I'm so excited about this because the kids are our future and they're the ones that I'm watching. I'm so passionate about this. They're the ones that I'm watching. Like, you know, your young kids going, oh my God, there's slime. I want the slime. And it's full of glitter. My daughter's been looking at the slime. She loves it. So I can't wait for when that comes out. And I think just conditioning our children from a really young age that slime, let's let's teach you that homemade slime that might be a little bit sticky Mm -hmm. or might only have a two-day lifespan is okay and it's fun. And if we don't show them that that toxic, colourful, smelly glittery stuff exists they're not going to look for it same with bubbles if we're going to show kids a bubble bath they're not going to in fact bubble baths are quite scary we've taught we've taught our kids that it's fun but the idea of getting in this white foam in a bath you know it could be quite intimidating for some kids so let's not show them let's show them that there are other ways so I figure if we can start doing that you know teach the you know, teach the tweens that you can make your own lip balm and it's fun. Kids love making stuff. Um, you can pop in some really beneficial ingredients for your skin in there. You can gift it to your teachers and your friends and have pamper parties from home. And from there we go, oh, cool, so now we're going to have tweens who are going to grow into teens and adults who will hopefully then have their own families and show them the right way from the very beginning. So I feel as though it's our kids that we need to really influence because they're the decision makers for tomorrow. And we are in a world of hurt in general, I think, with where we're at with disposables and our need for convenience and the number of chemicals in existence purely to make our lives convenient is out of control. So let's try and change that. So for me, the future is influencing the kids in this next chapter with this book and really getting them excited and then hopefully knocking on and and beyond that who knows I have huge dreams but I kind of just am realistic in that I'll just I'll get this done and then I'm just open to the universe I invite that energy in and I go what is meant to be will be and perhaps one day I'll be the 
you know, Jamie Oliver of the natural DIY and had my own. Who knows? Like it's, oh, it's, on, it's on my wish list. So we'll see what happens. Oh, exactly. You've got to have those big dreams because uh, if you don't, then you're you're only limiting yourself. So yeah. no, I love that so much. Yeah. It's amazing. And Chrissy, I'd just love to know your top three tips for someone starting out or thinking about creating their own little um, side business. Yeah. So initially it has to be an idea that excites you. It has to be something Mm -hmm. you're doing. I think for, look, I think you can create a business based on extrinsic factors, but if you can find something to do that you are passionate about, that you love or you Mm -hmm. truly believe will, will do more than just earn you money. I think that is the key to success. Like it's never been about money for me ever. It's been a nice side bonus. We've paid off our mortgage a lot sooner than we thought we would, but has to be something that makes you happy and gets you up in the morning going, yes, this is what I get to do. So if it doesn't do that, I think that it's really worth considering, is it worth doing it? Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that building an authentic community is gold. So be always be honest, always be truthful. Yeah, you're going to learn, be open to saying, well, I didn't actually know that, but now I do thanks. And then using that info to further benefit, you know, what you're doing, but also other people and connecting with like-minded people in whatever field you're in, wherever you're trying to start is, is just so essential. The friends that I have made in this space that I used to look at and go, wow, they're so amazing. And now I can call them friends. They when we get together, I'm good friends with the girls at 123 Nourish Me. They're also Perth-based and just amazing humans. And when we get together for a coffee, it is like the most intense power session of business. And I learned so many things about apps I didn't know existed that will make my life easier and social media tricks and supply, like ways to get my parcels out the door faster. There's just so much to be said for people who are in this business And they will share with you everything if you're an authentic person. If they can see you're in this for the greater good, you're not competition to them. You are literally, they go, awesome, let's make this world a better place. I'm going to share with you what I know. Here's my tip. And I'm this, obviously, this is a two-way street. Here are my tips for this is the most amazing web developer or this is the best person to do your email marketing. And that is gold because recommendations just, you know, from someone you know is is really valuable. So oh, definitely, it makes all the the difference really. Because I mean, who are you going to believe? You're going to go out there and research on the internet and hope for the best, or are you going to take the recommendation of a friend? I certainly know what I'd be taking. Exactly. But I think you touched on such an important point there, in that being in business can actually be a lonely place. Mm. And if you see everyone as your competition, um, rather than trying to make those connections with that like-minded community, you are really going to struggle. So I mm. think that is such an invaluable tip. No, that's it's beautiful. Thank <laughs> you for those. They're brilliant. Love them. Yeah, all right. So Chrissy, how can people find you and purchase your latest book? So I'm all over the you know the mm-hmm. typical socials with the handle the inspired little pot. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, all of that. But I would probably say the most valuable place to be if being in DIY and and moving down a more natural way is something you're interested in is to find my discussion group on Facebook. So it's just a community of thousands of people who just are on the same journey and who are asking questions that you probably have. So a lot of people are usually, you know, sit behind their screen and read a lot and don't often post or interact. But for those who do, someone will have answered your question, you know, 
eczema my child has eczema what can I do about that there's a search function which is great in groups so you can type in the keyword and then you'll be Mm-hmm. make a cup of tea and get comfortable because that topic yeah. comes up a lot. <laughs> You're never alone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just, it's just a really fun, safe, welcoming space to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then my website, obviously, theinspiredlittlepop.com. So that's mm-hmm. where you can grab my my current book or you can find it, like Serge, in Big W soon, which is really exciting to go mainstream because I feel like I'll reach people who didn't otherwise know I existed or that natural DIY was even a thing. You know, the, the amount of people you meet where they go, what, you make your own deodorant? It's less and less, but I think there's still, yeah, obviously millions of people in our country alone who wouldn't even contemplate it. So this definitely gives a little more exposure to the natural space, which is really exciting. Yeah, it certainly is. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that, Chrissy. We'll pop all those details into our show notes as well for the listeners so they can find exactly where you are. We really appreciate having you on here and learning all about your business journey. There's been so much gold that you've given us today. I'm sure our listeners will really take a lot away from that. So thank you so much, Chrissy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Stoked to have been here. Thanks for inviting me on. Welcome. We absolutely loved having Chrissy on the show and could have spoken for hours. We hope you'll be able to note down all the pieces of gold which are scattered throughout her story there. If you'd love to learn more about Chrissy and check out her amazing DIY recipes, which we highly recommend you do, find her details in the show notes from this episode. Head over to heartdrivenhustle.com forward slash three. Thanks for joining us today. If you've loved what you've heard so far, hit subscribe so you're first to know when the next episode drops. See you next time.